We are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Juan. Hello, everyone. Sorry, I'm tardy. Just getting set up here at Trom. And um, yeah, hope everything is well. Good afternoon, everyone. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you for joining me on today's Tech Tuesday. I'm here at Trom Pistons. This is a Trom Piston right here. Years and years of technology and opportunities. And I love being here, out here in the South Bay. Alex Mark 6, TDI, good seeing you. Kobari Sama, good afternoon. Hello, Lab Media Company. Hope everything is well. Alan, how are you, sir? Good seeing you. Thanks for joining. Good afternoon, R35, R13. Subi J, hello. Thank you, Champagne. Thank you so much. And I'm here in the South Bay, and behind me are tons of machines. I have a cool K24 piston in my hand from Trom. I love their stuff. And this is really the key to having some great reliability with engines. D Honda, good seeing you. Hello, Sam. Good afternoon, sir. Oh, I missed the deaf guy. Nine, good seeing you. Original M2. Hawaii's in the house. Thanks so much. Thank you, Drapo. Hello, Arik. Ah, deaf guy watching. Salute to you as well. K20, that's it. But Sam, this is a little too much for your booster project. That's a little too high compression, which is pretty cool. And you can see, I'm a huge advocate of lightweight. So anything I can do to remove weight from the furthermost part of a returning mass of an engine is key for me. So you can see a lot of cool milling back here, which is pretty amazing. Lightweight, nice skirts where you have the stability that you need, but you don't have the friction that can be induced by a full skirt. It's really nice. Ah, oh, my pleasure indeed, Alan. I love the guy from Pure All, by all means. Oh, you're skipping work? <laughs> Sleeper, don't get in trouble um, on my behalf. Ioni, hello, how are you? Finland, Art, thank you for joining us all the way from Europe. Appreciate that. Ah, I will say hi to Barry. He's right over, oh, Barry's right there. He's right there, there he is. There you go, saying hi. Um, Art Tuna is saying hi to you. Oh, he's also representing Pure as well. He has a pretty cool Pure hat. It's pretty new. <laughs> and a Hyundai t-shirt, the old school Hyundai t-shirt, which also ran Trump Pistons. How cool is that? I will buy me David H to B. Says a David H to B. David H to B said hi to you. A David. He said hi. Hey, David. You. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what a great day. Um, just a smaller turbo. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you start. And some good fuel too. Hello, Alfie. Thank you so much, GJM Dog, who said he loves what I did with the boxer. How cool is that? Thank you so much. Wow. Oh, my pleasure, D Honda RD1. I appreciate that indeed. And love all of your support all these years. <laughs> oh, it's so good to see all of you. So good afternoon. I'm sorry I was tardy. Wide Mark 6, hello. I, I came in late today. I, I came all the way from Ontario, from the office. And for those of you who are familiar with the greater LA area, I had to take the 60 to the 605, to the 105, to the 710, to the 91, to the 110, <laughs> to get from Sepulveda to get here. And that interchange between the um, uh, 91 and 110, there was a lot of traffic. So it made me somewhat tardy, so I'm so sorry. Can you get through the world's part in K24? Absolutely, EP3. And here's how you can do it. Pistons, camshaft, valve train, engine management solution, and a good flowing head. And it's that simple. You don't even have to go crazy with your displacement. You can leave a displacement at 2.4. If you want a little bit more, you can go a little bit larger on the board. You can definitely do that NA, by all means. Unpredictable says he wants to see the drag car again. Unpredictable RX7, you must be friends with Kevin, ITB Kevin, who's here. 
and it's going to happen. And Smooch is saying trouble everything, and even though my team, well, half of my team is saying I should keep it NA, the other half says I should boost it, I'm going to stay NA on the inside, you know? Um, Miguel, you're near PCH on 110, I'm nearby here, I'm right off the, I'm at Trump Pistons, they're right near the um, Sepulveda 110 interchange, which is not bad at all. Um, Nazar, Nazarene Ochi, I'm originally from Nigeria, but I'm here in the US, I've been here since 89, and I go home often, I'm going home this year as well. And I just love technology. I'm an engineering, uh, I was an engineering student, finished up engineering and stayed, you know? Kevin, stop it. I'm gonna do it. Um, if anything, it's one of the reasons why I'm here is to talk to Barry about some new designs. So I wanna incorporate some of this cool stuff. As you can see, I don't know if you can see the piston dome. It doesn't have a peak that goes across the middle. This is something that Barry and I played around with years ago. And it does a great job in not shielding or impeding the flame propagation. So when you have a spark occur here, the flame can travel easily and give an even burn, which does a great job in putting work on the piston. When you have a peak in the middle, that inhibits that flame in propagating or traveling across the crown very nicely. So there's power in this. Even though you lose a little bit of uh, static compression, hence dynamic, you can gain efficiency by removing that little peak there. So just little details like that is what sets Barry apart from other manufacturers, which is great, you know? Uh, meet up soon. Thank you so much. Not soon we have a bunch of projects we're trying to get together which has been crazy you know hello clintown how are you hope everything is well this afternoon thank you so much the honda it is um barry and i love experimenting and we're going to do a lot more forgive the noise in the background this is a proper machining facility dan's import good afternoon sir by the way for those of you who don't know dan he's a proper affectionado when it comes to cars he's a true automotive connoisseur he has one of the most beautiful Supers I've ever seen. He has a beautiful Del Sol. He has a very unique RX-7 project with a nice transplant in it. He's a huge advocate of tuning properly and using good engine management solutions. And I love him deeply, he's a great guy. Mercedes El Papi, very soon. I'll be playing with the M104 engines. There's a big project I inherited this year, so I'm gonna delay that until next year, but I do have quite a bit coming from mercedes Benzes, you know? Thank you so much, David. He's a great guy indeed. Ah, SRSR from Spain. Good seeing you. My pleasure, Dan. I appreciate you, sir. You know? M104. Living apartment. Can't rebuild an engine here. How is it stuck by the NL? Well, you know what? I haven't pushed M104s yet, so I wouldn't know soon. I wish I had that information for you, but if what I've seen on the preliminary is really holds true, that M104 is very similar to Toyota's 2JZ, so you never know. But to have exact numbers for you, I don't yet. I will soon, though, you know? Nikov from F22 from Boston, thank you so much. Wow, Genghis Khan, Orlando, Formula Diff in the house, thank you so much, you know? Wow, Sincere 5, that engine has a lot of opportunity and a lot of potential, and I cannot wait to dig into it and create a lot of products, because I feel that that could be the new performance platform for Mercedes-Benz, those engines are everywhere. So it wouldn't be nice, it wouldn't be you know, a problem at all trying to play around with that. Daniel Neto, Brazil, <laughs> Amazonia <laughs> in the house. Thanks so much, Daniel Neto of BTR for joining us this afternoon in Tech Tuesday. And once again, I'm here in the South Bay, um, Harbor City, close to Harbor City to be exact. And here at Trump Pistons, these are a box right there in the back. And the Pistons here, which is pretty good, you know? What should I get, K24A2 or K24A? You couldn't go wrong with either one of them. They're pretty good. Either one is fine. Heads flow well, but it has the displacement you need, you know? Um, hello, Jay Drives. Thank you so much. There you go, all day, all night. 
But one important thing, Sincere is a proper tune and a proper engine management solution. So I talk a lot about reliability and it always is good to begin with the end in mind and making sure your foundation is very secure and very stout. So doing pistons, rods, and many of you turbo guys tend to not look upon this favorably, but upgrading valve springs is very important. And my company at BC Motor, we help a lot. We have valve springs for single cans for like $130, $130. We have twin cam springs right here for like $350. It's very cost effective, you know? Um, best case series head would have integrated manifold. I would like the ones out of the TSX. The late gen TSX would be ideal. So the K24A from TSX is a very, very good head. S4B from France. Thank you for joining us. Nycock says, speaking of Mercedes, what do you think about CLS 55 AMG? I'm going to pick one up. They seem to be still on the used market, although it seems like you can get a 2005 Boxer S for a similar price. What do I think? Well, Mercedes right now, the Boxers are awesome. They handle very well. They're at a ridiculous price right now. It really is a performance platform that's very cost effective to obtain. And if you are handy with your hands, um, the push attacks doesn't affect you that much. You can buy parts by installing yourself. It's not so bad. And I love boxers. But the limitation with the boxer is two seats. So that's a challenge. Even though you have all the fun and it's a convertible and it's very cost effective, the two-seater can be a challenge if you like to carry more people. Now, the AMG on the other hand is absolutely fantastic. Now, the weird thing is that AMG, when it gets really old, you start having issues with a lot of sensors a lot of plastic and issues in the engine bay. So if you found one that was taken care of very well and you have good records, jump on it. If not, it wouldn't be a bad idea to play with a boxer, especially if you don't have any constraints with how many people you have to carry around, which is pretty good. Jeremiah, good seeing you. Jahir, good afternoon. David, HTB is asking any custom cans for all motor A series? I have tons. I have, if my memory serves me correctly, about 17 different profiles for the H22, ranging from mild to wild, from a level one to crazy Vita killer. So shoot me a DM here and I'll try and get something to you. Mark DJ86, thank you for joining us all the way from Netherlands. Appreciate that. My pleasure, Nykoff F22C. I appreciate that indeed, you know. AJ Thompson is asking what is Porsche tax? Well, here's what it is. Same thing you see with NSXs in the Honda world. Same thing AJ you see over the pond with S2000. Parts that typically cost little or nothing. Let's say a part that is the same device in a, an Audi TT could be $60. And if that same part has a Porsche part number and is placed in a Porsche catalog, instead of being $60, $70, it's now $300. So Porsche tax is that quote unquote tax that occurs with the ownership of a Porsche where prices are much more higher, even for products that are not that expensive, you know? Yeah, Deron knows it from Pirate Auto. Good old Porsche tax, you know? Oh, Alfie, I think I missed your question. <laughs> but Jay drives asking, can AEM engine position module for 8 Series work on a 240SX KA motor? Um, I cut the shaft off my distributor and at 100 EPM, it's on Infinity ECU. So here's the thing, you have two options. AEM does make an EPM that is KA specific and it has the capability of bolting it onto your KA and it comes with a cast disc that is very, very nice. Now, if you have the ability to adopt the EPM to your engine, the ECU could care less what it's controlling. So you can use a KA base map and you can select under the wizard your AM EPM as an option. You can sync your timing and it'll start up and run, no problem, you know? 
um, Mrs. Jeremy's asking, I, I'm a huge advocate of AEM because the AEM offers me everything that the M130 offers without me having to buy options to open up any lock functions. The AEM, whether you're living in Infinity or Series 2, comes completely unlocked. And I love the speed of the processor of the AM Infinity. If you have a hard time getting a good price on AM Infinities, I'll be more than happy to help you as well. Um, what's my opinion on guys that run cages on streetcars? Can cages be made safe to use on the street with no helmet? So I do the same thing, but the answer overall is no. Cages can actually be a challenge on the street. You can contact your head on it in an accident. If not designed properly, the cage could break and impale you. So for you to make a cage ideal for the street without a helmet, you need to pad every section where your head can contact. That's what I would do. Ideally, cages are designed for you to wear a proper helmet and harness. But being able to pad it properly with SFI approved padding would increase or decrease the chances of you getting injured in a mishap. But a cage can actually also save you. It gives you more structural integrity, and God forbid you roll over, a cage will keep the integrity of your car impact, intact, you know? Yeah, Sam, is actually, Sam does a lot of cages for me. He's great. And he doesn't skimp around safety. He's very, very important. Very, very, pays a lot of attention to safety and how energy gets absorbed into the cage. You don't just weld cages together. There's a math to it. There's engineering to it. And you want to design a cage in such a way that when you do have an impact, the cage part that is impacted, the energy is distributed throughout the entire cage and not transferred to you. This is very important, you know? Sneaky's asking, when would BC Pure have a car event? Um, two different companies, but we're very good partners. I need to put together something soon. We have to definitely talk about that. Hey, AJ, good seeing you. AJ, always good. And AJ, also a great driver and knows about safety. He's a huge advocate of that as well. I learned a lot from AJ. He's pretty, very talented guy, even though he's extremely humble. Okay, Black Comet to Feggy's asking, what would be a good set of low compression forged pistons and rods for my 4G64? I'm really wanting to get ready to turbo it. Well, we can help you with some custom BC motor rods and pistons definitely Tron. So what I can do for you is send me a DM, Black. I would then try and put together a, a, a package for your pistons and rods and save a buck or two for you. The only thing is that it'll probably take about four to six weeks to get something to you if you're okay with that. Hey, Ari, how are you? We miss you so much. For those of you who remember, Ari was my previous assistant. She's now moved on to great things, which is fantastic. I will wish you the best and we miss you. It's always good to see you on Tech Tuesday. Yay, see everyone knows her, she's very popular. Um, EJ asks, what happened to my old 700 horsepower wagon? A story that I talk about quite a bit. So I built that wagon 724 to the wheels, which is fantastic. Had no traction whatsoever. It, it was a little bit laggy because it was a 1.6 engine with a 60, 65 millimeter turbo with a pretty decent sized mid-frame, um, decent sized frame turbocharger, compressor housing and turbocharger. Um, in terms of turbine, um, twice I caught people trying to steal the car. I got tired of it, being that we live in Southern California. So one thing about SoCal is that people always try to steal cars. I got tired of it and decided to sell her. I put up a great price for someone else to enjoy it. I was low balls, so I ended up parting it out. So that's what happened. I parted that car out um, a few years back, about half a decade ago. Q52 has a question saying, B-Series 9 to 1 compression, 64, 64, like a turbo size, with Honda. What tuning can be done for low end power out the hole? Quite a bit. Your camshaft can dictate that. And you're on Honda. I zoom with a B series on S300. 
you could anti-lag that to help give you some low RPM grunt out the hole. So a 6464 with a camshaft that is, has a very nice, I would say, duration on the big low, but not so crazy on the small low, can give you that low and grunt. So you can launch when you're not in VTEC, but anti-lag will definitely help you get the hole very nicely, you know? I'm sorry to hear that, Jacob. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's, it's always very annoying when people don't want to work for something and they'd rather take someone else's hard work and labor. I'm sorry to experience that. I hope you do find it. My, you know, my heart goes out to you. Sorry about that. He, uh, Jacob couldn't successfully stole some of his items for those of you on YouTube and those of you on the podcast listening. Happy Tech Tuesday to you after 7 Garage. Good seeing you. Is there a minimum RPM moving to using array anti-lag like on your wagon? No, no minimum RPM. What, how, you know how I determine RPM? is tire and what the weight of my car is. In other words, I noticed that if my car is much heavier, that RPM and retard has to go up quite a bit to be able to give that nice explosive launch. Of course, you don't want to break anything. Above and beyond that, um, a lightweight car with smaller tires or something that doesn't have good adhesion, you don't need to anti like that high or take away that much timing as well. So, ideally for me, what RPM, I always monitor when I do my first anti like, I do a log and I look at the boost levels that exist. Some cars will launch beautifully at 5 PSI, some will launch beautifully at 10 PSI, it depends. Um, some cars launch beautifully without even anti-lagging, they just launch properly. Because they have enough momentum built up and enough power and the engine screws up so quickly, you don't have that problem. It's a, it's a big challenge when you have a large turbo with a very laggy setup and you're trying to launch a car that's relatively heavy with slicks. Then you have to do something crazy. Um, great question I see that came up here. Good anti-lag settings. I would say, on average, most cars I pull away anywhere from 15 to 20 degrees of timing, and I launch them anywhere from 48 to 5600. And uh, that's for many cars out there that run on really sturdy tires that are of average weight, not too light and not fully, not full heavy. And that goes across both Honda and Porsches. Mr. Jimmy says, do I do any half my racing? And forgive me for not promoting that more, but if you go on the BC Moto YouTube feed, you will see quite a bit of my racing. You see me doing my Porsches. You see me do the race, the, the fastest Genesis, Hyundai Genesis that ever existed. You see it there. You see me do a race with someone um, from the media who didn't believe what I was doing. When he heard about the car doing 178, he said BS and got in the car with me and then checked it himself and saw it. Like, oh my God, it's crazy. So, and you see people even cheating a half mile and me even passing them up, which is amazing. So go on the BCMO YouTube feed, subscribe, and you'll see some half mile racing with some of our cars, by all means. Hello, Terrell from North Carolina. F20B, haven't heard in a while. How have you been? I've been great, hope things are well. Oh, with F20B, good seeing you, Terrell. Thank you so much for joining us today. Who would have trust for F20 C3 rebuild gasket kit? Unless I can get one from you. Um, one from us. <laughs> I would only trust us. I don't know what other people's sources are, so I can only speak for us, you know? Um, building a Z6, says Oscar Ivan. Supercharged on nitrous. What do I think about it? I think it's good. I think I was talking to someone about camshafts for that. So, one thing about supercharging, it gives you the illusion that you're actually racing a natural aspirated setup that's much larger than it actually is. It's directly cogged, so you have no lag whatsoever. It does take some energy to run it. Some people may experience some belt slip, 
but I love supercharged and I love the wines of those as well. Combine that with nitrous, it's like pretty much eating your cake and having it too. You have the all motor setup, you hit the nitrous and it helps tremendously. Tuning is very important. Um, distribution with nitrous is very important too, especially if you have larger shots. I think it's a great setup, I like it indeed. Um, let's see. Wow, that's very nice. Um, he's gonna do uh, stage three cams. I don't know if stage three cams would push all the way to 10K, because I have quite a few engines in house that go up to 10 to 10.4, and I run much bigger than stage three cams. <laughs> so, but that, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like a good project, nothing. Barrow, I'm not doing a black print. No, never. <laughs> Thank you so much, EJ to Brandon. I'm gonna bring it back out very soon. Um, I know, I know DA, but, um, so DA Motorsport went with me to Arizona and he raced the car. He actually, he did a good job. Never jumped in a car like that before. Never even got in a Hyundai and took that thing. I think he did 176. He's crazy. And one thing we noticed that in that Hyundai, once we got past, I think it was about 160, the tail end wants to come across, come around or you just feel that tail end a little bit and it needed more arrow to go faster um, or to be more stable. And right when you got to like 175, 176, it was the end of the track. So that was pretty cool. But we enjoyed that Hyundai a lot. Hello, CRV Goldie from San Diego. Good seeing you, thanks for joining me today. Um, oh, beautiful, Oscar, I'd be more than happy to help you out. No problem. Um, let's see, what compression ratios are the K-Series all motor cars using? I've seen everything from 15 to one to 17, there about. Um, Yes, yes, you I am a Trom. I have a Trom piston. I have a K24 piston right here in my hands. I'm here at Trom. You can see the boxes and all the cool noises back here with all the machining. That's where I am in the South Bay. Two wagons, one cup. I love your name. Good seeing you, sir. Ah, thank you so much. Yep, that's old school stuff right there. AEJ, good seeing you. Ah, Trinidad and Tobago in the house. Thank you, Gerard Gordon. Gerard Gordon for joining us. Not many of them. I don't think all of them are. Um, I will see if he works. He's somewhere back there. No. What turbos am I running on the 916 turbo and fuck computer? So 911 twin turbo junior? No, I'm running um, the TNX 20, which is from Turbonetics, and I'm running an AM Infinity on that car. It's pretty cool. Thank you so much. I love Tuesdays as well, two wagons. Thank you, High Class Customs. I appreciate all the support. You're so wonderful. Thanks so much. Um, shout out from Jamaica. Wow, we have the islands in the house. We have Trinidad Tobago. We have Jamaica. Dave, good seeing you, brother. Thank you so much for joining, you know? What upgrades will I make the oiling system, oil cooling system on a Turbo D Series road racing engine? Wow, for one, the factory pan sucks. <laughs> it's horrible. If we all had the budget, all our D Series guys should run. Thank you so much. Not so built, Jay. It was designed by my friend, Gentleman Racer. Michael's a good guy. Um, if we all had the budget, we'd run dry sump. Hello, Jeff, good seeing you. I didn't recognize the CNC works. <laughs> good seeing you, Jeff, thank you so much. Jeff does great products, by the way. I'm going up on tangents. Hello, Stripe Brandon, good seeing you. Hello, Landshark. So back to D-Series oiling. If we all had the budget, <laughs> Oscar, I'll get to that moment. If we all had the budget, I would definitely um, do a dry sump on the D-Series. Great engine, great potential, lightweight engine, revs like crazy, revs like a bike. I love those engines. I honed my teeth on the D-Series Natural Spray Performance. But since many of us don't have this budget, definitely I baffled the crap out of that pan. 
I think Canton makes an aftermarket one that's pretty deep, deep and holds more oil. I would definitely use an oil cooler. Um, and above and beyond that, I would modify the sump so the oil can stay in there, especially when banking in corners. And if you don't have the capability of designing something very nicely, an accu sump is a must, you know? Yes, a high capacity oil pan would be good. With a proper, I mean, I really mean this, this is very important on D-Series, a baffle around it to keep oil around that sump pickup where it belongs. Otherwise, if you hit a proper corner with good G's and you have good tires, you will starve your engine. And above and beyond that, I would definitely upgrade oil. Use a proper oil with high zinc. I recommend Purov. Those are my partners. I love those guys. You need to use their oil. So God forbid you get a little bit of a burping of air, you don't throw bearings out. It's a very good oil. And high zinc, high shear stability, and also help keep your, your temperatures down, you know? Um, TV, IBs, and says he saw me on Netflix minivan show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that all the way from Iceland, Norway. No, I'm actually glad I didn't win. And that event was actually kind of stacked against us. Think about it, 1,000 horsepower front-wheel drive versus domestic rear-wheel drive on slicks. It was meant to happen. And God, you, know, you know what's good? If I didn't lose on that show, the wagon van wouldn't exist. So I'm glad that the wagon existed now because I didn't do well on that show. So the wagon will be back on the third season of that show. I look forward to participating there as well. Yes, Market Mark, you have to get some Purell. It's absolutely fantastic. That's the superior. Pure doesn't have a 10W60. The thickest weight they have is a 20W50. Someone was asking about updates on the front-wheel drive Porsche. Guys, that was an April Fool's joke. It wasn't real. I did that as an April Fool's joke. It was on April 1st. Think about it. I, I really wouldn't do a twin-turbo D-series front-wheel drive conversion of Porsche. So I'm sorry if you felt very bad about that, but uh, it was my attempt at a joke. At a joke. I tried, you know? Ah, Santa Ana tuning in the house. Good seeing you, Felix Flores94. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, you know. Um, JR, I'm not a huge advocate of Octane Booster. Most Octane Boosters contain um, quite a bit of magnesium. And that's why when you run it, you take your plugs out and it has that weird kind of uh, uh, magnesium or manganese coating. It's like a weird rusty brown on it. So I'm a huge advocate of either getting a higher Octane fuel or running E85. It's really cost-effective. So Marky Mark is asking about my thoughts on water methanol. Um, we have, we covered that quite a bit last week, but just as a quick reminder, I love it. That crazy blue Porsche that Dia is talking about, um, Diego, good seeing you as well, with the twin turbos hanging out the back, that runs on 91 octane and water methanol, and it allows me to run regular gasoline without the range anxiety of looking for a station with E85, with me not having to add a sensor for flex fuel and it's primarily because I built that car years ago but nonetheless it gives me the capability of higher octane without having to buy higher octane fuel or looking for it so on my Porsche that makes 850 I have two 500cc nozzles all within six inches of the throttle body facing away from the throttle body so I can get better impingement of the air rushing in with the with the with the uh, mist to help optimize or keep things in suspension it's okay I'm, I'm talking a little bit about a marquee mark and that allows me to get better distribution into the intake manifold because you know with a flat six the intake manifold is pretty interesting especially on the m96 engines and optimization is very important to me and distribution is very important to me to give me the protection and it works well i built that engine as far back as 2007 i put tens of thousands of miles on it and it still runs beautifully till today um how much reduction am i seeing on air intake temps are you talking about the e on the e85 it was tremendous put it this way 
I saw an average with the water methanol 50-50 mix, I think I saw almost 20 degrees reduction in temperatures. It was amazing. And that's me putting a sensor actually post-nozzle. Pre-nozzle, of course, you don't see any changes because it's before the water methanol does a good job, you know? Um, considering CTE, at what temperature do you measure oil clearances? I do it at STP, standard room temperature. Standard temperature, STP is what I typically do. Um, in my current climb-controlled engine room, I go from, I, I try to keep it within 68 to 74 degrees Fahrenheit in my engine room, and that's ambient temperature. And one thing is that if you go into a colder room, the temperatures change, things tend to shrink and get smaller. If you go to a, lar a warmer room, a warmer time of year, you have the opportunity where your clearances get much wider. As long as you're consistent, you can do that. But STP is what I try to keep whenever I can. Um, Blackcom Mateki, by the 24th of June, I may have a very important project that I cannot open to the public. So touch base when you're closer. We may be filming something then. If we are, I cannot allow anyone into the back. You may be able to come to the front waiting room, but I won't be able to give you a tour of the facility, unfortunately, you know? Oh, I missed your question, Marky. I missed it. I think you asked something else. Hello, Dr. Ahmed. Good seeing you, sir. Hopefully all things well. Dr. Ahmed is another great enthusiast. He's all the way to the Middle East. Fantastic guy. His collection of cars is bananas. And even though he's a physician and a very successful one, he's a hardcore enthusiast. Loves racing, loves cars, loves Porsches, Datsuns, Nissans, Hondas. He's a true enthusiast. Good seeing you, doctor. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. As I'm here at Trump Pistons in beautiful Harbor City. Nice. Tons of machines here. Akumas, has machines. Constantly manufacturing. And I have a K-Series piston in hand with lots of machining to lighten up. I love lightweight. Look at that. Look at those beautiful marks there. I love it. Anyway, so guys, I talk about reliability a lot, and it's very, very important to me. And whether you have a strong basis, it's very important to have pistons that are, can withstand the vigors of whatever you throw at it. It's very important to protect your engines with proper oil because it's the lifeblood of your engine. And above and beyond that, tuning is paramount. Go to a reputable tuner who knows what they're doing and has the capability of offering you fail safes in case something goes wrong. Hey, Shell, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Hope all is well. Engineer Mechanic, good afternoon. Waves to you as well. Hope you're having a pleasant day. And by doing that, you can ensure that you can enjoy your project. What is the purpose, honestly, of building a beautiful project, investing heavily in exterior, investing heavily in the engine, and not tuning it properly or using proper projects? Yes, I know it's tough. I know it's tough to be able to pay attention and invest into engine parts that you don't see. We put money on wheels because we can see it. We put money on paint because we can see it. Seats. I had a customer who picked up a couple of seats for me this weekend. $800 for a seat. You can see it. Great. But when it comes to pistons, you want to put the cheapest piston possible in there or put something that's not ideal, that's cast, that can crumble and take out your whole project. Invest. I have a sell on these even because, not because I don't like money, because I want to help. I want to help you guys. So if you need pistons, I'm here to assist you. I love Trom. If you need oil, I think I have an oil on sale now for $40 a quart. This oil is actually $21 a quart and I have it at $14 to help you, you know? Um, I didn't see the comment, DC Art. I didn't see that at all. Maybe I should for it. I didn't see that. Reputable Tuner, Ethan John Braga's Angel Motorsports. Um, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is, you know? Um, wow. All the way from Spain. 
Dilo, good seeing you. Thank you so much, DCR. I don't know if he's nearby. And plus, my schedule is bananas. I'm so booked. I think I'm about two weeks out to be able to bring another car into tune. So we're pretty booked at this tomorrow. Hello, Dilo Baby Music. Thanks for the fire. I appreciate that indeed. And so, talking about reliability and parts. Begin with the end in mind. Make sure you use parts that are ideal. Sleeve your block, use CSS, do whatever you need to do to make sure that your project is ideal so that you can enjoy it. Because you know what? It, you say it's expensive. It's expensive, but if you do it right the first time, it's much more cheaper. It's better to invest properly in your project and do it right once, then go somewhere else, someone who doesn't have to tune very well and blows your engine, now you have to rebuild it, that costs way more than tune. How about your time? The time it takes you to rebuild your engine, you can do something else. You can throw something on Craigslist, throw something on OfferUp, you can make money. You can put in more hours at work. You can design something to help your bottom line. It's better to use your time ideally than throw away resources, you know? What would be the best um, pure oil for the D16? He wants to order some now. If you have a bone stock, oh, you have a setup that's supercharged and also um, with nitrous. If your clearances are within factory spec for bearings, you can still run the 5W30. So you can buy from us, you can buy from Pure directly, it's up to you, I'd rather you buy from me, but 5W30 Pure Oil will be the way to go. Use a proper oil filter. You can use Honda, you can use K&N, and you'll be good to go. Now, if your bearing clearances are super loose, like on the extreme end, on the bearing clearance limit for Honda, then you want to go with a 10W40. But, and if you want really bananas with loose clearances, and you're buzzing out to oblivion, then you want to do 2050. But factory clearances, your, 10, your 5W30 is ideal. And guess what? On my own dry car, on my low 9 second, I run 9.2s on my Insight, I run Pure 5W30, and I make over 400 horsepower to the wheels, NA. So that's what I would definitely recommend. Yep, DA Motorsports is right. Do it right once, and not run twice or even more. <laughs> J. Mark Grice is there such thing as too much zinc in oil? Yes, there is. You can get to a point where the zinc could break down. It's not ideal. Plus, there's more than just having zinc. The ZDDP has to be combined in the right combination and also be able to associate properly with the base compound. So Pure, for example, has appropriate amount of zinc. Much more than commercially available oils. The popular ones have 800 parts per million. Pure Oil has 1750 parts per million of zinc. And the key things that it associates very strongly with the base compound, which means it doesn't destroy a catalytic converter by easily disassociating itself and contaminating it. So I hope that helps. Thank you, Sam, for the kind words. Appreciate that, you know? Um, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I do, I do follow Hoonigan. Not only that, I was at Hoonigan yesterday. So if you look at my stories, I think it may still be up. Um, I had a meeting with them. You're going to see a lot more stuff coming from us as partners. It's pretty good, you know? Will I see some good gains with a full bolt on RSX? Yes, you would. Not only that, but if you flash it, you do a tune, you can even get more gains with that. So intake header exhaust oil and also flash tune. Absolutely fantastic, you know? Hello, J-Rod from Oahu. Good seeing you. Um, what cam gears to use for a decent A9? I'm sorry, Remy. I wish we had this conversation about five years ago when I used to make ZC, D60A1, D60A9 cam gears. Unfortunately, we don't make it anymore because it just didn't sell. There are not many people who modify those engines. So I don't have an answer for you. I wish I did. I just don't. If I can get a group of Z6, no, A9, A1, 
um, A7 ZC twin cam guys, maybe even a group of 10, I'll create more, but it doesn't sell very well, you know? B16B high compression with blow-by, what oil? A rebuild oil. <laughs> so you need Purell SAE 30 or SAE 40 braking oil, and you need to rebuild that engine. You shouldn't have blow-by. Whether it's blow-by because you have bad rings, whether it's blow-by because of pistons, had a mishap and are disintegrating and not sealing properly, you need to rebuild it before that. Because here's what happens. When you have a lot of blow-by Joe J, you get oil in the combustion chamber, and you know what that does, no matter what oil you use, that does a good job in reducing the octane of the fuel. You could be running methanol, you could be running E85, you could be running 91 octane, you could be running 110, 116. Your active octane rating will decrease because of the oil. The oil does a good job in diluting your octane, and that doesn't protect very well. And plus, it doesn't look good when you're racing or having fun off-road and it's smoking. Rebuild your engine, and then let's talk then. But definitely you get a good break in oil. Um, so, BML is asking, pure question. Can 2050, 20W50 be used safely in a water-cooled Porsche A1 that is tracked? Concerned about the heavier weight? Concerned using a mobile 5W50. So, yes it can. I would actually highly encourage you to use the 20W50. And let's talk about those numbers. I'm gonna put this piston down for a moment. When you look at an oil, and you see the 20W50, what that means is, when the engine is cold, it acts as a 20 weight, to allow you to start the car easily. When it gets to operating temperature, it acts as a 50 weight. So the oil you're currently using will also act as a 50 weight when warm, but much thinner when cold. Now, here's the bad thing about what you're currently using. Do you know how they get a 5 weight oil to act like a 50 when it's warm? They start off with a 5 weight oil that's very thin. They add what is known as viscosity modifiers. And those viscosity modifiers are actually decent density polymers which thicken up as the temperatures get warmer and you know what happens when you have too much of those viscosity modifiers those are the components that break down easily and form coking when temperatures get really warm so for racing you kind of want an oil that has a narrower band which means something like a 2050 a 1040 a 020 something that doesn't have a big span so that you don't have as many viscosity modifiers which can break down and cause coking. Especially if you're tracking. So BMI, my advice to you would be upgrade today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Upgrade today to Pure 20W50. And not only we see more protection, better power, you won't have any chances of having those issues with coking that you'll see your currently current oil. And your oil that you're currently using is notorious for low for very high evaporative function. It evaporates very easily. We see that at dealerships. So, Purell, you won't see that. You'll see more power, you see better protection. Upgrade, upgrade today. You'll love it. Carlito's asking, eight in the inside the season. We'll see. Only time will tell. I'm not a soothsayer, but we're gonna have a lot of fun this year when I get it back together, you know? Marky Mark is asking again for a Turbo D-Series engine. How would you route a catch can in order to pull the most vacuum on the block while not putting depth fluid back into your intake system. So, what I would do is, you know the front of the valve cover? I will put two 12, and I do it myself, two 12 apertures in the front of the valve cover for two reasons. Some people in the back, but when you're mashing out and taking off, fluids want to go towards the back so you can easily fill up your catch can very quickly. So you put in the front, you have a less chance of that. Secondly, 
under the valve cover, you wanna put a thin baffle in front of it. You wanna have it close enough to whereby your rocker arms don't interact with it, but not too close to where you don't allow for a vent of air to go out and be a catch can. Um, and of course, from that time you can drain it. That's what I would do. And then you have a catch can somewhere in the engine bay that can collect it away from a heat source, away from your turbo, if you're boosted, so on and so forth. Um, that's what you want to do. Some things that if you don't have the capability of constantly um, uh, draining your catch can, you can have a drain bag going to the block or going to that little canister in the back that sits behind the block. You can tap something like a dash 12 there, white, and have it connect there so it can drain back into your engine. It'd be good. Hello, Dealing Designs. I was talking to Matt today about you. Matt from 1552. We're getting some cool things ready for the Porsche that we discussed recently. So it's going to be a great, great, great project, you know? Turbo or NA in a B16 EG Civic? Well, if you look at challenge like I do, NA all the way. It's a great challenge to spank on people, naturally aspirated. But if you want to make more power per unit dollar, more power per buck, turbo can beat it. How to make a stuck Mirage motor faster, building it and boosting it. <laughs> oh, what are my thoughts and experience on the R32 GTR? I like them very much. I love the iron block. Tons of aftermarket support. Combine it with a turbo upgrade and the engine management solution, and you can have a nice rocket in your hands. I like those. The R32 GTRs, I like them indeed. And we're starting to see more and more of them in Southern California. They're really old. I like them a lot. It's very nice, you know? My pleasure indeed. My pleasure indeed, Oscar. Thank you so much, DC5. Iman, let me give you a hint. You may be able to see that right there, but I'm at, I don't know if you can see the writing right there, but I'm at Trom Pistons out in Harbor City in Southern California. Very nice business company. It's what I use for all my builds, from Porsche to Hyundai to Honda to Acuras. This is who I use. And the Mercedes-Benz project I have coming up and the MR2 project, this is my piston company of choice. Over 30 years of experience doing pistons and having a good time. Thank you so much, Remy Gill. I appreciate the kind words indeed. Yes, thank you so much. There are quite a few. There's an Okuna here. There's a Haas, a couple Hazes. Lots of machines, which is pretty cool, you know? Lewis says he has a stock K24 and EF or E85. We're changing over to pure gear gains. Yes, it would. Um, there's a guy, Fox Design. He has a D-Series. He gained like a good six horsepower. On my Insight, I gained 12 wheel. There's some stuff, and I need to post this up because I did, a, and I need to do another one. I did a little um, PR presentation to my team, and I had you guys come on it. I need to put that up on, on YouTube. But I did some testing in-house, independent testing, independent of that company. I did my own testing to check myself. And um, on a stock Hyundai, a Hyundai Elantra GT, stock motor, made 130 or so horsepower. I gained four to five horses. It makes a difference. Reducing friction releases horses. It's, it's, it really is a performance part. So yes, you would, by all means. Mm -hmm. Hello, NFH6. Too bad I cannot understand what that means. Ah, oh, there you go. There's Fox Design right there. Speaking of the devil. Hello, Automotive KMD. So, um, ah, St uh, Steven, my, my rear um, uh, low control arms came in, which is good. I have to modify it slightly. So, Kevin, when you come by tomorrow, I definitely want to talk to you about that. Uh, it came in, and I ordered some parts to modify it. And you know me, I can't leave well enough alone. When I see a product, I always find ways to improve on it. So within seconds, I'm like, oh, I want to try this. So 
have a very interesting system that I incorporate on it. So my wagon will be at the track very soon. So I'm very excited. I'm gonna take care of the rear end, take care of the bottom end in the rear, take it to get alignment again, put it on a dyno and do some proper numbers, and we're gonna go beat up on a track. I'm gonna break some stuff. I know I am, but let's find out together as a group. I'm gonna take some cameras along. It should be pretty, pretty exciting, you know? How much is a case of Purell? Um, I think it's close to 170 for a case. Um, they had a special recently that kind of hurt me because everyone's benefiting but, but me. But anyway, um, so it's about, uh, let's, okay, here we go. Yeah, so by all means, go and be some more site, you can't miss it. Hello, Bozoku, good seeing you. How do I feel about Boxer STI or Porsche engines? I like both. I'm so used to dealing with inline four engines, inline four engines that have crazy harmonics. Fourth wave, fifth wave, you name it. I'm used to it. I'm used to running inline fours on carburetors and bolting the carbs down properly and frothing up fuel in my flow bowls from harmonics. I'm used to things fracturing from harmonics. So when I start playing with boxer engines, flat fours, flat sixes, I love how balanced those engines are. Being opposing, it leads to a very balanced engine. I don't have to go crazy with using any kind of damper or anything like that. It was great. So I like them a lot. Um, and the packaging is nice, allows me to do some really creative things with center gravity. I like Boxster engines a lot, sir, you know? Um, can I explain the different types of turbocharger flanges and their applications? I can, they're in the, there are tons of them out there, but the most popular ones you may see are the three bolts that you may see on a lot of Subarus. You may see V-bands are very easy on race teams and you see that's coming down to the street. It was a very easy way to unbolt and detach. Um, hello, LA Dismantler. I need to come and do a Tech Tuesday with you guys very soon. I definitely come by and give some love to my Porsche Dismantler friends. But, and then there are the four bolt flanges which exist in T25. You have T3, you have T4, you have T6. So applications tend to differ. Now, what you see with the three bolts, a lot of them are very OEM applications with a small O-ring in them. You see them on older Porsches, you see them STIs, some of the flat engines. And it makes it very easy for the manufacturer to incorporate turbochargers on the manifolds. You have the V-bands, which I mentioned in a second. Those are race applications, very easy to change, require no gaskets whatsoever. They directly cog to the flanges, seal beautifully. I have V-bands on my blue Porsche with the turbos hanging out. Then the also popular performance ones are the T25 4-bolt, T3 4-bolt, T4 4-bolt, T6 4-bolt. You have those in single volute or divided applications for those individuals who like to take advantage of pairing certain cylinders for twin swap application to get better spool, you have that option. Those require a gasket. Some of those gaskets may require maintenance properly if you don't have flat surfaces, but they're extremely popular with manifold manufacturers on aftermarket as well. One other thing about the V-band components that you may see from Precision and Turbinetics is that the V-band units are typically made of stainless steel and very, very lightweight. So it saves you a lot of weight if that's concerned for you. So I hope that helps. Uh, so what AR exhaust housing do I suggest for S366 on LS VTEC V16 head and static compression of 11.3 to 1? It depends on your horsepower potential and what you do with the car. If it's a drag race or dyno queen, you can go north, literally north of anything 0.84. If it's something where you're doing a lot of road racing and track driving or something on the street where you have a lot of fun, a 0 0.64, 0 0.65 is ideal. So I hope that helps, you know? Um, 
When changing from one tuning solution to another, do you find there's a big difference? All things being equal, no. If both tuning solutions are capable. I've experimented with a tuning solution where I was fixed with something as simple as coil dwell versus another system where I was able to play around coil dwell and I picked up more power with the secondary system because I was able to induce more spark energy into the tune. One of the biggest things I've seen in terms of different tuning solutions is in terms of safety. Me being able to build in a safety protocol for tuning is extremely important. For example, if I can do individual cylinder tuning, it allows me, especially when it has to do with load, allows me to equalize cylinders and not have a lean cylinder be a challenge or too rich cylinder hurt my power. When it comes to knock, the capability of me being able to see knock windows and tune knock based upon engine RPM, location, and also load allows me to build in safety protocols to do closed loop. Systems that allow me to have a wideband sensor incorporated and have me really define what I should do in terms of closed loop and wideband helps tremendously as well. Fail safes are something that is a non-negotiable with me and what I choose for my cars. And it's something that's extremely important that you should also explore with your applications as well. So above and beyond, can I tune it? Yeah, you can tune. I can use an elegant hack into a factory ECU to tune properly. I can use a standalone. But many of the standalones that I see and some of the very advanced flashes allow me to put in safety protocols that can allow you to enjoy your car and be safe on and off the track. I hope that helps. No problem, S2 Boost. I'd be more than happy to help. Thank you, LA Dismantle. I'll bring you one when I come by. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, have a good afternoon as well, R35. And he's right. Look at the, my time. I have to head out. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Um, it was fantastic interacting with all of you. And I really appreciate the kind words and all support. I will have this up here on Instagram for another 24 hours. I'll upload through you guys on YouTube so you can follow on. And right after this, you will have the capability of going to iTunes, Anchor, um, uh, Radio um, Public, uh, Spotify, and you just search for BC Model and you can find it and listen to it while you're walking your dog, working out, using the loo, whatever the case may be. So guys, stay tuned. Great seeing you. Thank you so much for all the love. And I look forward to talking to you next week or sooner. Take care. Cheers.